house. We're so glad for the visitors that are here, for the home, the family. And uh, I believe God's got a good word for us this morning. We're going to have a baptism at the end of the service. You know, sometimes you just got to change plans. We were going to have it now, but we're still waiting for our water to fill up, and we're waiting for some towels. So those are important things for a baptism. Amen. So you just have to kind of go with the flow. But we're going to have an awesome baptism. I'm so excited. We're having a, if you didn't get the text yesterday, we're going to be baptizing people from three different continents this morning. From Africa, from India, and from here in Central and South America. Amen. They're not awesome. So it's exciting to see what God is doing. Give the Lord a hand. Amen. We're a multicultural church. Amen. That's just what God wanted. I'm, I'm so excited. Get your Bibles open this morning as I'm rambling a little bit to Jeremiah chapter 1. And um, I'm, I'm excited to see what God has done because way back before we came to, Co- to uh, Denton from Costa Rica, it was very clear that the Lord showed me what he was going to do here. And uh, I knew that Denton was, uh, not to talk bad about it, but it's a fact, I knew it was a place of a lot of tradition, religiously, and it was a place of a lot of racism, and that exists over all over the world, unfortunately, but I knew that this was a, a, a city that, that existed in, and uh, I knew that God told me that he was going to break down those barriers in this church, and that he was going to start a church that was going to be... Uh, multicultural that was going to have people from all over and we were going to break those religious barriers amen how many don't like religion this morning but love God and have a great relationship with Jesus amen it's not about religion it's about relationship and I'm so thankful that God loves us so much and uh, I want to remind you also that this coming up weekend we're going to be in revival amen amen that's what I like to hear someone excited about it amen we're gonna have an awesome revival this Sunday through Wednesday uh, with Pastor Allen and Anna Patterson from Colorado Springs. And uh, we're going to have an awesome discipleship. We're going to have some great marriage um, sermons. Amen. It's going to be a great week. So be ready for that. Be preparing for that. And be getting that on your calendars. And also tonight, we're going to continue with uh, our disciples in the making. We're raising up men to preach. Amen. We've got three guys that have never preached preaching tonight. Amen. So it's going to be awesome. Make sure you come back. And here, God is uh, doing great things. I was counting the other day. I was amazed. We've got about 12 or 13 guys who have preached in the last couple months. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? And maybe we got some more to rise up, raise up some couples, send them out to start churches. Amen? That's what this is all about. So be praying for that. Amen? May y'all feel like you're just just about ready to get excited and clap. Don't be afraid to do it. If you want to clap, clap. Amen? You want to shout, shout. You want to say amen, say amen. Praise God. This is a Pentecostal church. Amen. You don't have to be afraid of offending somebody. Praise God. Jeremiah chapter 1. I want to preach. I love it when God allows me to preach a message of a very current event. Amen. I love when God allows uh, me to see a message out of something that has taken place. And you know, Dwayne did a great job with the verse this morning here in the Holy Spirit of being thankful. And I agree 100%. We are not thankful enough. That's just a fact. You can say you're wrong or whatever. I don't believe we are thankful enough for what God has done for us. And we have to be conscious every day of the miracles that God does in our lives. And uh, I put up on the, on the page yesterday that today I was going to talk about the God, if you're taking notes, of amazing details. 
Amen. The God of amazing details. When you begin to think about God, you think of something so huge, someone so grand, someone so amazing, and it seems so many times so far away. Can you say amen? How many have ever felt that before? I love God and I believe in God, but he seems like he is so far away. Well, I want to preach a message this morning that's going to get you to realize he's as close as the hairs on your head. Amen. Just like that shows up there and even the very hairs on your head are numbered. Now, I know that I joke about that and say it's easier for him to know how many are on my head, amen, than others. And I won't mention other names like Dwayne, amen, or Chris Austin or uh, Robert or anybody like that. I won't mention names, but we, it's easier to count the hairs on our head, amen. But destiny would be a little bit more difficult. And many of you in here that have a lot of hair on your head, Shifa, amen. But God knows how many hairs are on your head. That same God who's the creator of this universe is thinking about you right now. And I want to read this morning from Jeremiah chapter 1, one of my very favorite verses. Yesterday we had a great time celebrating uh, with Chris and Laura uh, her five years of being sober, amen, and set free from alcoholism, amen. We, they had a, Chris did a great thing of, for his wife by having a, a party for her. And uh, they was just kind of open, so people just came and go, and she had some rocks out, and she had people write on that rock their favorite verse, and put their name, and I'll just go ahead and put myself on blast real quick, amen? Hey, amen. I started filling mine out, and I got all excited, because I have a lot of favorite verses, but I, the first one that came to my mind is Jeremiah 29, 11, and I know the thoughts that I think towards you, and and so I started, I, I got excited, and I had a big rock. I, I, I'm a big guy, so I picked a big rock. And I wrote the verse, and I said, I'm just going to write the verse out, too. I'm going to write the whole thing. So I wrote the whole verse out, realized I had written uh, Proverbs 11.29. So I was in the wrong book, in the wrong chapter, in the wrong verse. But I got the verse right on the rock, amen? Well, thank God they cleaned the rock off, and I changed it and put it right. But another one of my favorite verses, and she's going to later pull those rocks out and look at them and be ministered to by those rocks. But Jeremiah chapter 1 is another one of my favorites, and I want you to read with me. This was when Jeremiah was just a young boy, and uh, he, he came in the days of Josiah, which Josiah was the youngest king to ever live. Can you imagine this morning having an eight-year-old king? That's pretty tough to believe, amen? But Josiah was an eight-year-old king, and he reigned for a long time uh, in, for the people of Israel. And then along came Jeremiah, and it says in verse 4, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, and I want you to read these verses and get a revelation of how big God is, yet how detailed he is, that says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Now, that's enough to simmer on for a little bit right there. Amen. I want you to understand this morning that we're talking about a God who said, let there be light, and boom, there was light. But the same God that said, let there be light, and made the universe that we'll never, ever be able to find the end of, we'll never be able to count all the stars, we'll never be able to figure out his grandeur, his greatness, is the same God that says, I knew you. Before I formed you in the womb of your mother. It didn't say I knew you as you came out. It says before you were even formed. Now that's hard for us to even fathom. That we could be known before we were known. 
that we could be known before we even existed. You've heard the old saying, before I was even a sparkle in my father's eyes. Amen? That's the fact. Jesus knew us before he formed us because, church, this body that you are living in is not you. And many said, hallelujah, amen. Praise God. How many are waiting for that glorified you? <laughs> that don't have to lose weight or run or eat right or any of those things or be in pain or all the arthritis and all the rituses, amen? How many are thankful for that day coming? We're going to get a glorified body. But he says, before I even gave you that body, I knew you. Why? Because we're soul, we're spirit. We're a spirit that God has formed. And he says, before you were born, I sanctified you. And I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. Amen? That is a powerful word. As you go to the book of Luke this morning, run over there to the book of Luke chapter 12. And I want to share something that happened this week. And it just really, really just made a message for me. Uh, and I want to start off by saying another story before then. Actually, I'll go ahead and say it. Uh, go ahead and put that picture up if you would, Daniel, real quick. There was an accident this week. If you can see my truck, that's good enough right there. Remember last week when I told the story about a cow falling from heaven on the ship? Well, it looks like a cow fell on my truck, right? Well, this week we were... Uh, picking up the trailer to take it to my mom and dad's to help Donnie and Nicole move and so I put the church van on the trailer we have a trailer that's sitting out there right now and uh, we got it hitched up and everything and got on the road and it was about four o'clock in the afternoon which you know is traffic time so we started driving down the freeway and we got over there by about um, state school around there and uh, my brother-in-law Jose Jose and Marcy are here just in case anybody doesn't know just raise your hands embarrass you real quick Amen. They, uh, they're visiting here from Costa Rica. Amen. That's my wife's beautiful sister and her ugly husband. Amen. <laughs> Just kidding. Amen. I love having the microphone. And uh, praise God, he, he's going to be one of the ones getting baptized this morning. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. For those that weren't here Wednesday by chance, he, uh, he was an agnostic his entire life. And he gave his life to Jesus last year in May here in our church with Marcel. They came forward and gave their lives to Jesus. And he has been absolutely transformed and converted to Christ. And he's bearing fruit. Amen. So he, wants, he wanted to be baptized in our church. Amen. So he has waited uh, for that to happen so he could do it here. So he was behind me and he, uh, he's such a great help. And we have just a great relationship. I'm very thankful for him. So I said, drive the truck. And so he was just riding right behind me. And uh, I was thinking, actually thinking to myself, I remember thinking, man, I, I, this, this stinks that we're going so slow because I wanted him to feel how fast that truck could go and if, you know, how big of an engine it had. I was thinking about that. So we get up there by state school and we're just going like, you know, where it's just 15 miles an hour probably, 20 max. You're just moving along barely. And I look back and I saw him. I just remember looking in the rearview mirror and there he was right behind me. And so we got up past Post Oak going towards Corinth Parkway, which is where we live, and we got off on the exit, and I'm sitting at the light, and then I look back in the mirror, and all of a sudden, he's not behind me anymore. And I'm thinking, where did he go? Did the truck get raptured or what? Amen, because I knew I just saw it. And I thought, if it got raptured, I'm supposed to be gone too, so it couldn't be that, amen. Maybe it's just the new converts that went, amen. <laughs> but I thought he took my truck too. So I uh, sat there for about five minutes at the light, 
saying, where is he? Where are you looking? And then all of a sudden, something hit him. I said, something's not right. He's been with me enough times to know this is the exit. Couldn't have got that far behind me in moving traffic that slow. So I ran to the house to my mom and dad's. They live close by and dropped the trail off. And he was sitting there in the car. And I said, uh, let's go back and see what happened. And so they, I jumped in and we went down the road. I said, he's got to be on the side of the road. So we started driving down the road. And I look, I'm looking at the other side about where last time I saw him. And I go, there he is, there he is. And when I saw the truck, I was relieved. But then all of a sudden, we began to get a little closer and I saw the truck. I wasn't relieved anymore. But then I thought, we were on the other side of the road and all kinds of things start going through your mind. You start thinking, what in the world happened? And then I thought, he, he must have got hit and run because there's no other car. And I saw how bad, I saw the broken windshield from the other side. And then, and then I thought, no, there's, that didn't happen. There's no cops or nothing. And then me and my dad started thinking, well, maybe something fell on the truck off, off of something else, whatever, just speculated. So we finally got caught up, and he had just started to take off driving and pulled over. We pulled into the parking lot and found out that we were about on the other side of Post Oak. Uh, my hood just all of a sudden opened, came unlatched, and just slammed back. The wind caught it and slammed back and hit that windshield that hard. And the grill flew back behind. Um, and we ended up finding later the grill was actually in the back of the truck. So God even kept that there that didn't fly off and hit anybody else. I want you to know something. I want you to really think about this. This may not seem like a big deal to you. But I, when I have something like this happen, you know, of course, we, we assessed the damage. My brother-in-law felt horrible. You can imagine. He says, I was in your truck for two minutes and I wrecked it. I'm an idiot. That's what he said to me. We have a little joke there, you know. I said, I said, man, don't worry. You're fine. You're okay. That's all that matters. I mean, glass shattered all over inside the truck. And you, you'd never be able to guess that's what happened from that. So I began to think and sit there, and my mind began to go, and I began to say, God, thank you. Thank you, God, because you're the God of details. And I began to think, and I want you to, maybe some of your minds are already going ahead of what I'm going to say. I began to think to myself of the perfect accident because I, I serve a God who loves us so much. We, that accident happened. That, that, that hood flew up at 15 miles an hour behind the trailer blocking the wind, going super slow, and did that. So what would have happened any other moment, any other day, any other part of the day, then when that happened right then, what would have happened? I, I wish almost that I could talk to God and go up to the studio of heaven and say, Lord, can you just show us real quick what the accident would have looked like? Because how many know that hood was going to come off? There's no taking away that that hood was going to pop. God knew exactly when that hood was going to pop. He knew that that hood was going to pop and he said, I'm gonna let it pop at the perfect time in the perfect place so that it doesn't hurt anybody or kill anybody. And I thought, man, if we were going six, just the other day we went to Gainesville, all the way to Gainesville and it was kind of, you know, that ugly weather. I mean, can you imagine what would have happened to the truck and to us and to other people if we'd have been going 60 or 70 miles an hour when that hood flew off? How many are following me this morning? Amen. Let's thank God for how good he is. Praise God. Amen. He's the God of amazing details. And I started thinking more. I thought, I thought more and more. And so I made sure I assured my brother-in-law. And hopefully now, finally, 
because you never ever stop feeling bad, amen? You feel like somehow it's your fault still. But I hope he understands and realizes I am th- so thankful for it happening the way it did. And it's just a truck. It's nothing, amen? It means nothing. And I thought back to another story as we're in Luke chapter 12. Um, I want to read the verse that's on the screen this morning. You can go ahead and take that off and I'll go ahead and kill the projector. I don't need it anymore. Verse 4 of Luke chapter 12. Say amen if you're there. The Bible says here, and I say to you, my friends, verse 4, don't be afraid of those who kill the body. And after that, have no more that they can do. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who after he has killed you, this is talking about God and his power, sovereignty over our lives, has power to cast him into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. Now, he's obviously talking about a godly fear. And then he says, are not... Now, let me stop for a second because I love how Jesus does. I love how Jesus is... Because we live in a society in the world, especially church world, that doesn't ever want to offend anybody. Amen. I put something on Instagram not too long ago that it seems like the only person that society does not care about offending is God himself. Can you say amen? We're always conscious of who we're offending, but we don't care if we offend God. And I love how Jesus was because Jesus was a God of love, but he was also a God who told you straight to your face what you needed to hear. Those are the kinds of people I like to hang around. I don't know about you, but I like someone to be around me who loves me, but will tell me what I need to hear. Not what I want to hear. Amen? What I need to hear. How many are glad you're in a place where you can hear the truth? Jesus here says, hey, don't be worried about someone killing you. Be worried about where you're going to go after you die. That's basically what he's saying. And he says straightforward, hey, don't worry about who would kill you, but who has power to cast you into hell. And that's only God. Amen? And so he says something pretty ugly. Sometimes when I read those verses, I can feel your thinking. Hell. Why are we talking about hell? How'd this turn to hell? Well, just reading the verse in the Bible. Amen. But look what Jesus does. He's so awesome. He, he sticks you and then he rubs on you and gives you a little bit of massage. Amen. He always ends good. And he goes, are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins? And he says, not one of them is forgotten before God. And then he says, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, listen to this, because you are of more value than many sparrows. Can you say amen? God knows in this moment exactly how many sparrows there are in this earth. He knows how many animals there are. He has an inventory of everything in this universe, and he knows everything you're going through this morning. Can you say amen? So I think about this story, excuse me while I open the halls. This isn't my normal voice, by the way. It's kind of cool, though. Not as cool as this sticky piece of paper. You don't like it, Paul? It's not good? My other one's better? It's kind of raspy. Go to Luke 22. As we go to this story, I hope you're following me this morning. I'm trying to teach you how intimate God is. 
and how he has everything under control. Maybe you're here this morning and you're wondering what's going on in your life. You don't understand the direction, the way things are going, or something has happened to you that you say, why, God? I want you to get to a place this morning where you stop saying, why, God, and you start saying, I know, God. I want you to stop saying, why, God, and start saying, like Dwayne said at prayer, thank you, God. You need to learn how to say thank you in the good and in the bad because everything God has under control, amen? You can look and say, oh, my truck is wrecked. Why did this happen and why did this have to happen and all these questions, but I like to look at things from the other point of view, amen? I like to see how many times God has spared my life. And I was thinking back again to another time that was quite ugly in my life and how it just is a fact that here's a, here's a word. We are not going to live one day longer or one day shorter than God had ordained since that day he knew you when you were in your mother's womb. How many in here would be honest with me and say this morning at one point in my life or maybe even today <coughs> or maybe recently, I have been afraid to die. Let me see your hands. Just let me put them up and put them down. Amen. There's fear. I, I, I'm a little afraid of where I would. Maybe it's not now. Maybe it was before. I've shared the story before of, of I lost a very, very good friend of mine in Costa Rica uh, about t 10 years ago. And he uh, dropped dead on a basketball court at 27 years old of a heart attack. And that doesn't happen too often. And somebody who was in very good shape. And when he died, I was about 30. And it rocked my world. Many of you have heard me tell that story. It absolutely jacked me up bad. I mean, it's, it just put me into a, a depression. It put me into a fear. And I thought, my God, if he could die at 27, I can die at 30. It was just that thing. And I began to find out that something men go through in their early 30s when they realize they're no longer immortal. Because when you're in your teens and 20s, for some reason, we think, if you think back, men, especially to the stupid things you used to do, tell me you didn't think you were immortal, okay? And some people are still thinking they're immortal, Dylan, amen. If I got in that motorcycle accident and almost died, I wouldn't get back on a motorcycle again, but I'm just saying, amen, I'm just taking that point to chase that rabbit. I love Dylan alive, Amen. But we still think we're, uh, we're, we're immortal, and I realize I'm not immortal anymore. I could die just like that. And it's not that I was afraid of where I was going to go. I was afraid of leaving my wife and my kids to be raised by themselves and all these different things that go through your mind. Went through about six months of depression. At one point, my dad called me out of the blue on the phone. I was laying there on the bed just in my pity party. And he said these simple little words that the Holy Spirit spoke to him. You're not going to die one day before, or sorry, one second before or one second after God already has ordained for you to die. And that sounds crazy and doesn't sound like that might be comforting, but it changed my world. And I realized that's the truth. How many know that our days are numbered? Amen. And I've got an example of that. I want to share another testimony this morning. I'm just being led by what God wants me to say. I was in Costa Rica about 15 years ago. My wife and I were visiting. I want you to show you how, how uh, uh, fragile life is and how quick life can change. Just like this little accident. My brother-in-law's driving down the road, and all of a sudden, bam, he can't see. Glasses everywhere. Doesn't know what happened. How I many know that's how fast things happen? And I'm driving with my wife in Costa Rica, and we're going to visit, or, or sorry, pick up my sister-in-law, which is Marcella's other sister, at, at a mall. And we were just visiting. 
We had lived, we were living here in the States and uh, we hadn't been there for a while. So I kind of got lost on the streets, got turned some, some bad ever to get to the, finally get to the freeway. Then we finally got to the freeway and it was just like the other day, stuck in traffic, just barely moving. Right when I began to pick up speed finally and get to a place where I could actually go the speed limit, it wasn't just a few seconds later that one of the worst things that's ever happened in my life happened. Something flashed in front of the car and I heard a humongous crash and the windshield was hit and glass flew everywhere. And, and uh, I, I said, oh God, what, what happened? And I slammed on my brakes and pulled the car over to the side and realized that I had hit a man going 60 miles an hour with no brakes. And so I got out and parked the car, and I'll never forget, for those of you that know me, I have a not, a not a stomach that necessarily just like throws up, but I just can't stand to see people in pain. I just, I'm, not the, I'm, not, I'm not the one that was called to be a nurse or a doctor. I went back there, and I don't even remember what it looked like because I didn't look long, but I knew this man was not going to live. And I walked back away and just prayed. And I, I remember getting out the car and saying, oh, God, I hope that was an animal. I mean, it was just horrible. Carla was with me, covered in glass. We're both screaming. She's crying like crazy. You can only imagine the fear of knowing that you've hit a human being. Two hours later, we got a call that he had died. And so you realize that no matter how long the years go by, I have taken somebody's life. And and it wasn't my fault. There's nothing I could have done, but you realize that you were involved in something that took the life of somebody. How many follow me? <clears throat> well, I began to think about that later, and I got a call uh, from his family, a little different over there. They would actually give you the information of the person that was involved in the other accident, different from here. So I began to get calls from his family asking what had happened, and I totally understood that and wanted to be conscious of their pain. And so I told them what happened, and they said why and what happened and how and all these things. And so I explained it to them. And I come to find out that he was a 57-year-old pastor. And he was coming from a church meeting. And he was going home. And uh, I, I, on, a, on the light side, joking side of it, I have come to realize that when I get to heaven, he will find me and he will shake my hand. And he will thank me for sending him home early. I do believe that. Amen. Because he does not care about this earth anymore. Once you get up there... And how many people have you heard saying, I wish I wouldn't have came back from life, from death, amen? So I'm waiting for that handshake, amen? But I sent him home. I began to think the split seconds, it was his time to die. We, we could have not got stuck in traffic. We could have got not stuck uh, slow in that slow, uh, getting lost all those streets. If we'd have got there a second earlier or a second later, he would not have been hit. It was his time. How many are following me this morning? God has all that stuff ordained. You, and then, you, then you can go and you can get a headache if you want to start asking why a pastor has to die a death like that. You can ask God when you get there. I don't know that. That I'll never know, amen? But I'm just telling you that God is a God of amazing details. And as you walk through your day, let's look at Luke 22. I want you to realize that the things you need and the things you want and the things you need to have and the things that you're going to go through in your life, God has already walked them out for you. And he has things so specific. 
Before we read Luke chapter 22, I thought of the book, I'm not going to have you go to it, but the book of Exodus, for example. In the book of Exodus chapter 28, God actually takes the time and explains the clothing of the priests. If anybody's ever read that, you might have got there and gone, ah, that's not important, and just skipped on. And I might not blame you, amen, but it's there for a reason. And I believe one of the reasons that it's there is to show the detail of God. I mean, I, I, I'm just going to just read a couple things real quick, just, just to give you the example. You don't have to go there, but listen to this just for a second. If you don't think God is a God of details, he's talking about the clothing of the priests in the, in the, in the temple. And he says, you know, take the gold, the blue, the purple and scarlet thread, the fine linen, make the ephod of gold out of blue, purple and scarlet thread, fine woven linen, artistically worked. Later on, he says, write the six names on one stone, six names on the other in the order of their birth, put engravings in a signet. And then he talks about a breastplate. Then he talks about uh, the rings of gold and the breastplate and other, I mean, it's a whole chapter of the specific things God wants those priests to wear. And you look at the book of First uh, Chronicles 6 and he names all these names of these families. And then you look at Matthew or Joseph begat Jacob and Jacob begat Isaac and Isaac the begatters, amen? And you read those things and you go, why is this important? Because God is a God of detail. You ever think, why didn't God leave some of the details out when you read the stories of the crazy things that happened? Do you realize God could have left out the part where the fallen angels went and had relations with the women? But he's a God of details. Amazing details. And I thought of this one story that I want to read to you this morning as we're closing up. It's very powerful in Luke 22. Let me get back over there. Is everybody there? Amen. Verse 7. Then came the day of unleavened bread when the Passover must be killed. And he sent Peter and John, and watch this, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us that we may eat. So they said to him, Where do you want us to go and prepare? And he said, Watch this. Behold, when you have entered the city, a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Y'all still with me this morning? Did Jesus just tell them that they were going to walk into the city and a man carrying a pitcher of water was going to greet them? You don't understand how detailed that is because you're not thinking back to those times. Men didn't carry water. The women did. And so he knew, he wanted to show his disciples, I'm a God of detail. Was it really that important that that person had a picture, that it was a man, that you might think, why is that important? Because God is a God of details. Because God is thinking about you every moment of the day. He's thinking about you when you're mad. He's thinking about you when you're happy. He's thinking about you when you're depressed. He's thinking about you when you're getting what you want. He's thinking about you when you're whining about what you don't. Amen. He's thinking about you all the time. He's a God of details. 
And he's a God that wants to speak to us and he wants to show us things. And he wants to, us to see how real he is and how intimate he is and how sometimes we think, God, is this really important to you? He wants us to say, yes, it is. The little details are really important. God, do you really care about me? Yes, I do. I care about you enough that I can, I can make a man carry a pitcher and wait for you so you can find him, so you can say to him, let's go up. And he says, watch this, verse 11, follow, or 10, follow him till the house which he enters. And you shall say to the master of the house, the teacher says to you, now, where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And then he will show you a large furnished upper room and there make ready. Amen. God already had the place. God already had the furniture. God already had the man that was going to lead him. Amen. You need to start understanding this morning that God knows every intimate detail about your life. Amen. Let's close this morning in the book of Psalms. If you'd go to the book of Psalms with me, Psalms 39. I have two more verses I want to read to you that are very powerful. How many have ever had your car not start? Now, I, that could go a lot of ways. Because some cars don't ever seem to start, amen? But I'm, what I meant was, it usually starts, but one day it just didn't. How many know what I'm talking about? It's, it started way, but it's always started. It's, but you ha it wasn't one of the moments you were having car problems. Because they're always there. I'm, I, I remember over the years, I used to, that used to happen to me, and I'd try to start my car or, or do something, and it wouldn't start, and I'd get mad, and I'd hit the steering wheel, and I'd, you know, I'd, I'd just, I, I guess I'm the only one like that here. I'm just putting myself on blast. They're all looking at me like I'm bad, and you're a saint. Amen. Have you ever went to try to find your keys when you know you just saw them five minutes ago, and you walked past them five times? And then you're looking all over the place and then you finally pat your pockets and realize they're in your pocket. I'm not going to go into all the examples I could give you. Sometimes you might say, well, that's just us and we're just forgetful. Or, but when I think about going and starting my car and it started five minutes before, but it doesn't start, I began to realize in my life, God is watching out for me all the time. And now when my car doesn't start or something freakish happens, I just sit there and thank God and go, okay, Lord, you're keeping me from something. The other day when we were hitching up that trailer, we thought back later, we began to think back later of not only the fact of when it happened, how it happened, but then we began to think back about how when we went to go get that trailer out and I went to grab the keys out of my office to open up the lock for the hitch. First of all, we couldn't find... Um, the pin so I called Chris and the pin wasn't in its normal place which was a God thing it was in the back of the van so that took some time then I got the keys and I went over there and we tried to open the lock and we put that key all there's only three keys I'm not the sharpest knife in the book in the in the drawer but he's an engineer so between the two of us we should be able to figure out how to open up a lock with three keys we both tried, I tried, then he tried for 10 minutes while I was trying to go see if I was missing a key. I called Paul Platt to see if he knew about a missing key. Guess what? The key that worked was there the whole time. Wow. Right there. But it wouldn't go in. Somebody, thank you, just someone, someone's getting what I'm trying to say here. Key wouldn't go in, but the key works. 
Then we go to put the, we finally get it all hooked up, put the lights on, and the back tail lights aren't working. None of the lights are working. They just worked just perfect last time we used it. So we had to go and take the time to find something to get in there to clean out. Of course, there's my engineer brother. Thank God, amen, knew what to do. I'd have just been hitting it or something, amen. He cleaned it out and got it working. So all that stuff goes on. All these things happen, and you realize later that every second that goes by, God's holding back time to save your life because he's not done with you yet. Amen. The details, the amazing details of God. And look at Psalms 39. You want to see a powerful Psalms. Verse 4, say amen if you're there. Lord, make me know to my end and what is the measure of my days that I may know how frail I am. Indeed, you have made my days as handbreadths. My age is nothing before you. Certainly, listen to this, every man at his best state is but vapor. That's a powerful verse. Life is a vapor. You can live 80 years. You can, you know, Shirley Temple just died. 85 years old. That's a long life on this earth. But to, in the span of eternity, it's a vapor. If, if, if eternity doesn't exist, if life after death doesn't exist, why would God say this life is a vapor? Amen. And we need to really begin to think, what am I doing with this life that God is guarding me with? Amen. Let's go to one more, and I'll ask the musicians to come this morning. And those that are going to get baptized can actually don't go yet. Don't go yet. Psalms 139. Would you go there with me? I think to myself sometimes how sad it is. <coughs> the world we live in that kills babies. And please be sensitive to my preaching. If any of you in here have ever had an abortion, I'm sure it exists. And I'm sure that that has haunted you your entire, and I don't know of anybody, so don't think I do. If you have, I'm sure it's taunted you your entire life. But we live in a society where it's actually legal. And we protect the birds, which are important. God knows them and loves them, and, but we protect the birds more than we do human life. And I would love to see some of these people who push pro-life read these verses that I just read and the one I'm going to read. I saw Jeremiah 1 was powerful that he knew us before we were formed in our mother's womb. That means we were human before we were even conceived. And then you go on to read Psalms 139 and I want you to look at this with me if you would. Verse 1. This is powerful. If you haven't gotten anything else out of this message, get this. Lord, you have searched me and known me. You've known my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down. Watch this. You are acquainted with all my ways. But there is not a word, 
and you can underline that in your Bible, a word on my tongue. But behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You have hedged me behind and before and have laid your hand upon me. God's hand is on you right now. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high and I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. Hope you're getting blessed by the word of God. Now go down to 13 real quick and watch how detailed God is. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. And that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made, watch this, in secret. And skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance, watch this, being yet unformed. And in the book they were all written, the days fashioned for me. Whereas yet there were none of them, how precious also are your thoughts to me, O God, and how great is the sum of them. Amen. The God of details. How can you read those verses and not be blessed by knowing that that God who strung the stars in heaven knows every detail about your life everything about your body every scar every pain everything you've been through that you say oh nobody understands you understand you got to understand why God why did that happen it's, God is a God of free will and things happen bad things happen to good people because Matthew says the rain falls on the just and the unjust and we live in an imperfect world and you might think, God, why did you let that happen? Why, why, why? And you might question things in your life. But I hope today, if, if you got anything out of this message, if you've been through some stuff in your life that you don't understand, that you would understand today that God knew those details and he knew you could handle them. And he allowed you to go through them so that you could grow. And I thought to myself, one of those verses down there, he says, all that's going to happen in my life is already written. Now you got to understand, that's not predestination. That's not God saying, Blake, you're going to walk five steps to the end of this thing, and then you're going to stop. Follow me. It's not God saying, Blake, I want you to go two steps down on the stage. One, two, one, two. That's not, that's not what he's saying. It's that back here, when I was over here, God knew before I went what I was going to do. I didn't do it because he told me. 
He just knew because he's God. So it's not predestination that what we do and what we go through, God planned. Because the Bible says, I know the thoughts I have toward you that are thoughts of peace, that are thoughts of an expected end, not of bad. To give you an expected end, the Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 11. So if anything bad has happened to you, that was not God. The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from God above. Amen. The good comes from God. The bad comes because we live in a real world of sin. But God says, my grace is sufficient for you. And if you've got a scar, God says, I know that scar. I was there. He never leaves us and he never forsakes us. Amen. He's with us all the time. When as yet they were, there were none of them. I hope that you can stop today and think back to how many times in your own life I gave a testimony of what happened to me this week. I hope you can look back on how many times God has spared you. I don't think we could probably count them. But does something like that happen and we just go, oh, it's just another thing? Or do we stop and go, God, you are a God of detail. You are a God of detail. Amen? It's trusting in God. Another one of my favorite verses is trust in the Lord always. Lean not on your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Amen? We need to get to a place where we realize God's not just way up there in the universe somewhere where he can't be reached. He's right here, right here with us, right here in that car with us, right here walking by our side, right there when you're in pain, sometimes self-inflicted. Free will. Amen. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes.